beautiful. That's what comes to mind when we think about our human design and we're progressively exposed to the perfection of God's original design. Our lives begin to reflect that beauty. Your life is His design, and His design is beautiful. Thank you for engaging with us as we are about to be further exposed to the beauty of His design as we look into the world to see Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2 and verse 9. Let's read together NIV. Let's read together one to go. Stop. I want you to read it slowly. Let it sip in. Take it in gently. Okay, so let's start again. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, what no human mind has conceived, the things God has prepared for those who love Him. Continue. These things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirits within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Verse, verse 12, yeah? What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit, uh-huh, so that we may understand what God has freely given to us. Verse 13. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in the words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with spiritual realities. All right, verse 15, please. 15. The person with, with the Spirit makes judgment about all things. But such a person is not subject to merely human judgment. Verse 16. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I want you to shout that out loud. Say, I have the mind of Christ. You know, sometimes I wonder if you love yourself, the way you talk these things about yourself. If you, if you get money now to several millions of dollars and they ask you to shout, I am rich, I can imagine what your expression will be. In fact, you won't even need anybody to tell you to shout, I am rich. You will, you will immediately enter the pepperdem mood. Okay, so now I want you to shout, I have the mind of Christ. I have the mind of Christ. I want you to say it until doubt is cleared from your spirit. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Hallelujah. You may be seated. God bless you. The implication of what you have just said will not dawn on you until I have finished teaching today. As I show you um, certain realities today that I believe will bless you. Okay, so this morning, um, I want to further the Big Screen series. 
And just in case you have forgotten, we are teaching about following God's big plan for your life. I'd like for you to listen to the previous episodes. God has a big plan for your life. And God wants you to follow His big plan for your life. I mentioned on Wednesday that I have done more in this series so far by showing you or with showing you the nature and the character of the Spirit the Holy Spirit, as again showing you His power, His authority, and His ability in general. Um, many of us know, which is a good thing, we know the manifestation of the Spirit as regards His power, His character, you know, His ability. But sometimes we are a little bit uncertain about His nature and His person. Right? Yeah. So, what I have done through the series so far, I've not even touched anything about the manifestation of the Spirit because I believe that if you're rooted and grounded in His nature, it will be easy to experience His character. But if you're not rooted and grounded in His nature, what if He turns His, his power on you? <laughs> Alright? What if He turns His you know, imagine he has the nuclear weapons. What if he turns it on his own citizens? So, the power of the Holy Spirit does not really interest us more than the nature and the character of the Holy Spirit. Because one actually flows after the other. Um, if we understand his nature, then it will be easy for us to benefit from his person or from his from his power right so we're going to further um the conversation about the nature and the person of the holy spirit and i want to show you some very interesting things today can we say amen, amen. what i want to share with you has everything to do with how the holy spirit leads you into the future this is going to be a classic teaching. I believe it's going to bless you. I want to share with you how the Spirit of God leads you into the future. And, and I'm going to be using several, a couple of analogies to buttress what I have to say. And I'm very certain that you're going to be so blessed. First of all, I want to start this morning by saying something that is already the obvious. Everyone here is right now in the present, right? All of you seated here are right now in the present. And every one of us is making our way into the future. True or false? Hello, church. Are you here? The next five minutes is your future. The next ten minutes is your future. So, while all, nobody has lived in the future. Right? We're all in the present. And what we are doing right now is making our way into the future. Whilst you're here. Now, let me help you understand. 
that going in, into the future is going to depend on two things. Number one, what you're eating and what you're believing. So, the episode title is Dieting. The Holy Spirit will lead you into your future through what you are eating. <laughs> and somebody just said, ah, thank God. <laughs> well, get me some more apple and some more fufu and some more veggie and, and some more of the things that, that some people cooked during Christmas last year. I didn't mention anybody's name. I just looked straight. I'm even talking to the camera. So, what I have said, I have said two very important things. Number one, everybody that you know on the face of the earth today is living in the present. Second, everybody is making their way into the future. We're all making our way into the future based on what we are believing and based on how we are feeding. Your believing is influenced by your feeding. And, I mean, nothing can be clearer than that, right? Now, let me ask you a question. If every one of you seated here right now had an app designed, that shows you exactly how to navigate into the future as, as it pertains to you. How many of you sincerely will download that app? If you had an app that was accurate in predicting your future and telling you how to go about it, just in case you didn't understand what... I'm saying, and I will explain. If there was an app that had a way of knowing you and knowing where you're going and helps you to, if there was a software that you could install that would help you to navigate through the decisions and the choices that you are making for your life, will you get that app? I want to ask again. <laughs> I'm saying this app knows you accurately. So why do you have why do you have why do you have boats and, and Uber? Huh? It moves you around. It goes so accurately. You know that if I download this thing, it's going to help my movement, right, from one place to the other, right? So if you had an app that had a way of interpreting what God has planned for your life. Oh, what are you, what are you doing? Why are you all, why are you all like this? Why are you all like this? You want to trap me. <laughs> My point is that that app already lives inside you. Accurately, he is the person of the Holy Ghost. The software is already installed and he lives inside you. Praise God forevermore. 
Now, I want to read to you this text that I believe is going to bless you. It says, however, as it is written, what no eye has seen. To pay attention to this. What no ear has heard. Get a Bible. Get a Bible. Look into the word. And what no human mind. This is not, this is not a physics lecture room. <laughs> There, there has to be a way that we approach these things. What no human mind has conceived, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Number one, no eyes has seen it. No ear has heard. And I like the fact that it also goes on to say that no human mind has been able to comprehend, alright, the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Now, let's, let's start with those who love Him. Um, knowing fully well that your love for Him doesn't start with your love for Him. Your love for Him starts with a response to His love for you. Can we say Amen? amen. So, but here you are in the present... And trying to make your way into the future. There's a statement that has been made, and that statement is that hindsight is 2020. The future is blind. In other words, many of us sitting here have 2020 vision concerning our past. Why? You've lived in it. It's something you have experienced already. Right? So, your vision about your past is as clear as crystal. But now, when it comes to the future, many people don't know how to go about the future. And it has created a lot of confusion in people's minds. But if you go to a place in Dubai... There is something called the Museum of the Future. If you follow science and tech, you find out that people are already doing so much in predicting what the future is going to look like. However, with the much that has been done in that regard, you can't really relate with it because much of what is being said has to do with what you will use, not what, who you will become. If somebody creates something that goes to space, you will use it. But who have you become to use it? So they are not... They are not you don't have to be an astronaut to use it if you have your money. Like, I mean, the, the, the few months ago, um, the owner of Virgin took some people, to, including this guy, something, vessels or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went with them, right? To space. So, much of what is being predicted for the future has to do with 
things that we are going to use. But not much is being said about who you're going to become or where your life is headed. You know why? They weren't designed to tell you. You know why again? They didn't create you. So they, they can't tell you something that they didn't put in you or something that they didn't create. Am I talking to somebody already? Hello. So, listen to this. Much of us are preparing ourselves to be able to use things. To be able to use cars. The best cars. My cousin came to my house sometime this year with a hybrid vehicle. A hybrid Highlander. It wasn't the model was new or something. It was probably a 2009 or something. I can't remember. But, I mean, I knew, I see hybrid on cars. I knew what it meant. But that was the first time that I was that close to a hybrid vehicle. To realize that when you started, the engine starts, you hear the sound of the hum of the engine. And at some point, it just goes silent. Like, there's nothing on. So I'm like, did your car go off? <laughs> he said, no, 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 it's hybrid. No. <laughs> you know, so we are getting ready. Oh boy, you're going to be so blessed today. We're getting ready to be able to use things. We're getting ready to be able to use the best phones. You know, we're getting ready to be able to afford, okay, to use things. But just because you can afford something does not mean that you've become somebody of repute. Does not even mean that you've fulfilled purpose. Does not mean you've done anything. <laughs> Can I say to you that if you just follow, listen to me, if you just follow the right investments and just follow the right conversations and just follow the right clicks, you can become a millionaire. But I bet you God didn't put you on this earth to become a millionaire. Anything that anybody can do without God must not be the reason why God put you on earth. And last time I checked, people are hitting this thing without God. <laughs> so, hindsight is twenty twenty. Foresight is blind. Navigating with the Holy Spirit into the future will require a lot of foresight. And the Holy Spirit will only lead you through your diet. So, to understand this conversation, whenever you talk about the future and you talk about foresight, always think diet and always think believing. So it is preferred future, comes to being or comes to pass based on people's foresight. And that foresight is powered or fueled based on diets, what you're believing, what you're eating, what you're feeding. Everyone, take note of this, everyone will go into the future blind without the help and the ministry 
of the Holy Spirit. Oh, you're going to be so blessed today. This takes away the religious connotations of Christianity and the religious implications of Christianity. It takes it all away completely. Alright? The essence of the ministry of the Spirit is to guide you into your future. And He guides you into your future by giving you good diets. And that good diet forms the basis of what you are believing. So, your, look at this. Your future is not going to be brighter than your believing. Your future is not going to be greater than your diet. Your present day diet is going to determine your future experience. So what are we teaching today is that we are teaching you on how to partner with the Holy Spirit to bring you the right diets that will help you in going into the future. What I am saying is so powerful. And you may not understand the power of what I'm saying until you find or come in contact with people who have been completely crippled and paralyzed. By the things that they believed. I mean completely crippled. And completely paralyzed. Completely incapacitated. By the things they believed. And all of the things that they have believed. Has happened or has come to being. Based more on hindsight. Than on foresight. Actually, let me tell you what's happening. Look for me, everyone. Everybody sitting in this room right now seems to be trying to run away, in quotes, from the ghost of their past. Listen, whether it is success or failure, I don't care. If you succeeded yesterday, it doesn't mean you're going to succeed tomorrow. Say amen. Let me tell you what I'm saying, okay? Yesterday's success is the reason why many people fail tomorrow. Because they believe in their minds, no, no, that you succeeded yesterday does not mean you're going to succeed tomorrow. It's not, it's, not, it's not a basis for assurance of success tomorrow. So many times, if you become conceited in your mind because you succeeded yesterday, alright, um, that can even lead you into error. The reason why I succeed always is not because I succeeded yesterday. It's because in the blueprint that God has for my life, success is imprinted there. And I run into the future with that identity. And if I fail tomorrow, yesterday, which is where many people are, if I failed yesterday, that is not to mean... That I'm going to have to fail for the rest of my life. Because then the Holy Spirit begins to help paint a new picture. That the future is going to be better. Can I tell you something church? You really cannot gain or experience anything. This thing I'm sharing with you is very important. And it's important that you are rooted and grounded in it. If heaven 
has not made provision for something, earth cannot take it. So if you are not assured that heaven has made provision for something, you'll be struggling. And so my assignment today is to show you how to go into the future, leaving your past behind. Help me fold it properly. Everyone will go into the future blind without the help and the ministry of the Spirit. Some people will go into their future with the wrong conclusions if they do not receive the big screen guidance and help of the Holy Spirit. Now why do I reach this conclusion? The text that we started with helps us to understand that no eyes have seen, no ear has heard, neither has it come into the human mind. And in a few moments, I'm going to show you what the human mind has been able to do. And it is what the human mind has been able to do That makes many people to begin to migrate from trusting God's mind to trusting the human mind. Yet, the advancement of the human mind still does not contain God's mind for you. You understand what I'm saying? So, many people are trusting in the movement of the human mind and how... Amazing that movement is, okay, you will go into the future with the wrong conclusions if you do not receive the help and the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So think about it like this, the Holy Spirit has put a big screen on. And what the Holy Spirit is showing you, no fire, no nothing, he's showing you his nature, okay, To guide you and lead you into what God has cooked for you. Say this after me. God has cooked something for me. Oh, I want you to shout it out loud. Say, God has cooked something for me. No, no, no. I can't hear you well. Say, God has cooked something for my life. Say it again. Say, God has cooked something for my life. Now, listen to me. If you're not a person of the Spirit, I wish I I could most likely get one or two people to help me teach today. If you are not a person of the Spirit, and the Bible says that no eye has seen, no ear has heard, it has not entered the human mind, what God has prepared for those who love Him, or for those who are responding to His love, okay? And all you have chosen to follow is what you can see, and what you can hear, alright? And what has entered your human mind, chances are that you are going to be shortchanging yourself. Chances are you're going to be limiting yourself. Because if you are, many people think that if I have experienced it, if I have lived in it, then it has to be the way my life is going to go. Or it has to be the way my future is going to go. Until you begin to hear that some people have lived in wealth, have experienced wealth, but now in the future don't have any wealth. So that the only thing, oh boy, that is the basis 
For my trust and my expectation is not what I've experienced in the past, good or bad. It's what God has said concerning my life. Nothing, listen to me church, nothing holds a better future for you than what the Spirit of God has said concerning you. I want to repeat that. Nothing holds a better future for you than what is contained in the words of the Spirit for you. So let's, let's talk about human intelligence for a bit. As powerful as human intelligence is, human intelligence is blind when it comes to creating the future. Very blind. Human intelligence has nothing to do with helping you create the preferred future. Now, speaking about human intelligence, there's something called, in today's futuristic conversation, say this with me, I'm going to be so blessed today. Say it out loud, say it out loud. Say, I'm going to be so blessed today. Look, when you hear that something has not entered into the human mind, the next question you're going to ask yourself, oh, this is so powerful, is how advanced is the human mind and yet certain things have not entered into it? Do you know how advanced the human mind is? Do you know? Some of you don't understand how advanced the human mind is, and yet, certain things have not entered into it. For example, the human mind in 1996 created an algorithm that we call Deep Blue. Deep Blue was an algorithm created by a company in the UK that plays chess. The goal for creating Deep Blue, please pay attention, was that Deep Blue was going to beat the best chess player in the world at the time. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, how did Deep Blue beat this guy? And Deep Blue actually did. And if you study human history, you'd find out that... The guy said, Caspar something. Caspar, let me get his name. Because I wrote it down. Something Gary Caspar. Okay. Said, if this computer beats me at chess, I'm going to resign. Now, at that time, he was the best in chess. Now, how did that happen? Please pay attention. This is going to bless you. The algorithm that was created by a human mind was able to build over 200 million moves. In other words, I anticipate over 200 million possible moves you can think of making. Then go right there and counter it. <laughs> 200 million. So, I have been able to program into the computer, the robots... Over 200 million possible moves than the best, that the best chess player could make. And then counter it to ensure that he fails. 
As though that was not enough. There's a guy named... I'm, 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 look, let me tell you. The first time that many times when you get exposed, it helps you to believe God better. Travel. See how things work. See, see, just, just see the way things move. See, listen, see, you see, you get this in a bit. See that they don't need God to get basic things to work. And then see that we don't need God because of getting basic things to work. No. First of all, I'm not a God chaser. God chased me. He found me. He brought me home. Number two, I am not in God because I want my needs met. I can simply travel abroad. I'm in God because there are deep things. Oh boy, you get this. There are deep things that the human mind, as advanced as they are, have not been able to conceive concerning how life ought to go. What peace you ought to enjoy. The human mind has not been able to conceive it. I'm, I'm in God because of that. I'm in God because... So, the deep blue created that algorithm and won Gary Casper. Then there is another Chinese, Korean rather, originated game called Go. And a, a man named Lee Sador is, I mean, was the best in the world at the time. And another UK company built an algorithm that was more complex than Deep Blue and that beat him hands down. Think about it for a moment. A computer. How many of you ever played computer game? How many of you ever played with computers? Yo, com- no, come on. What are we talking about? <laughs> is that a game? <laughs> is that a game? A uh, game is for... Anyway. But where my... Where my... Where my... Where my... Um, what's this? Heavy duty... Uh, Call of duty people. Soccer. PS what now? PS... Right? Let me tell you what I used to do. No, I, I don't buy a game, hmm, my darling, to have hearts break. No, I must win. Do you understand what I'm saying? No, I didn't buy a game to now be free. You know, you know how this thing can happen that you finish playing the game, you go home, you are angry, you are sad. No, no, not me. So I, I, don't, I don't go close to your Call of Duty and I, I don't do that. No, I can't do that. I play FIFA. But you know what I do? I go to the settings. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Look, look straight at me. I go to the settings, right? And I increase the ability of all my guys to 100. 100. I must win. <laughs> I increase the ability to 100. Okay? You know, in that 100, I can play a shot for my post to enter. So you see, eighteen zero, nineteen zero, and every time I pop, pop, oh my God, that's the game. No, I'm not. I'm not in the. Are they giving me a trophy? 
No, no, I'm not saying I will learn how to play it well. No, 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 no. So, so, I mean, cheat, do something. <laughs> but don't be beating. So, I'm imagining that I could play like Lisa Dor. I will find a way. Computer cannot beat me. But now, here's the idea. That the algorithm is so intelligent that it will orchestrate, you know, so much that you end up failing. And then it now began to dawn on me as I was meditating how little we've made of God's mind. How little we've made of His mind. Many people don't even know His mind. So if a human game can be so built with artificial intelligence to ensure that you fail. I'm imagining that that game is not me. That game is not making my choices for me. I'm independently by myself deciding where I want to put my stuff. But my choice, get this, is not strong enough to assure me a win. Then you come into Christ. And I know that God has given you free choice. And you can use your free choice. But some of you have not imagined an intelligence that is so strong and so powerful that even as I exercise my free choice, alright, God is still in the midst of that situation using His infinite intelligence to ensure that I win. He's thinking now. If a human being can build a game that no matter what I do with my intelligence and my free choice, I can't win. How is it that you've not been able to conceive a God that is not just artificially intelligent, but is infinitely intelligent? And how is it that you've not been able to conceive a God that is able to build a system that ensures that no matter how bad your choices are, and no matter what mistakes you make, that He's still one step ahead of you, orchestrating things, and that's how all things eventually work together for my good, not that they were good, but because He is God. So my idea is this, if, if artificial intelligence is that powerful to ensure that you fail, how about God's infinite intelligence? Have you been able to wrap your mind so, with the advancement of artificial intelligence, they have still not gotten certain things in place. The human mind has still not been able to conceive what God has prepared for you. So, if you think, listen, if you think about artificial intelligence, and you think about algorithms, how many of you know basic stuff, basic knowledge, that Instagram has an algorithm that you use, right? Human beings created it. Let me tell you how intelligent, oh boy. Say this with me, I'm going to be so blessed today. 
Say this with me. I'm living in God's mind. Say it one more time. Say I'm living in God's mind. I'm using the things that you understand to bring you realities. Okay? If you go on Instagram today and search for a dress, in the next 10, 15, 20 minutes, you start seeing, in fact, it's so, it's so intelligent, brothers and sisters, that if your search was on Google, and you come to Instagram, they'll start showing you things that you searched. If you search on Facebook, they'll start showing you on Instagram. Thank you. Do you see what we're saying? Human intelligence. Now, Scripture is saying that as intelligent as the human mind is, the human mind still hasn't conceived. Oh, you're not... You, you're, are, you, are, you, are you guessing what I'm saying? The human mind... So, for you to understand what God is saying, you have to look at the extent of the human mind's advancement. Gulf streams. Being able to reduce trips from 12 hours to 3. Human advancement and development has been able to bring so much precision and, and you know, ease to the lives of people. I was, I was looking at a documentary the other day and I saw, oh boy, thank you dear Lord Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? I saw that in a, in a five-star restaurant somewhere, somewhere in the world, it was a robot that served their food. It was a robot that brought their food to serve. You know? And <laughs> the robot. So they're saying, listen to this. And I know that this is going to bless you. Because it's blessing me already. So they're saying that some of your jobs will not be in use. Alright? By so-so year. And many people will not have their source of livelihood anymore. I'm talking about the human mind and how far they've gone. Okay? And yet, the Bible says, because, let me tell you. Oh boy, thank you Lord, because we have utterance. As you sit here now, there are many things, there are many things that are going on in the world that is already programmed to make you sit at the edge of your seat for life. Not being able to just rest and relax. Somebody is building something now that may likely take that job you're walking to every morning. <laughs> Somebody is doing something about that business that you're in right now. And thinking, oh, I'm the best thing that happened since sliced bread. But there are things in the mind of God who knows how advanced the system is going to get prepared for those who love Him. It means that for those who will be led by the Spirit, at all times they will be at the cutting edge of advancement. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And in, the, in most cases, they will be the ones bringing the advancement. Say this, God has His mind filled with things prepared for me. Say it again, say God has His mind filled with things prepared for me. You see, brothers and sisters, if, if you're not careful, you're going to begin to get... Let me tell you. <laughs> if you are an air hostess, 
And that's where your identity is. A robot is getting ready, he's warming up to take your job. He's a TV presenter. And that's where your hope and confidence is. There's artificial intelligence warming up to take your job. Just imagine a robot playing keyboard for us. <laughs> yes, look at this. Look at where we're going with this. As advanced as the human mind. It's amazing until you begin to broaden this conversation like this. Before we understand the the, the extent of God's statement. Let's look at how far hum, the human mind has gone. And yet, the human mind still has something it has not conceived yet. There are things that God has prepared for you. Say this, there are things. Yeah. Say it out loud, church. There are things yeah. that God has prepared for me. Can I make a shocking statement to you? You. You. And it, it will sound very off. But take it and believe it. You are not strong enough to wreck your life. You, Dorcas, you're not powerful enough to wreck your life. Yeah. Did you just hear what I said? That the human mind. Okay. <laughs> Look at this. <laughs> Benita, come. Oh, yeah. She's <laughs> come, come, come. <laughs> so, Benita has made up her mind. She's going to beat me in this game. She will beat me. She has the will. She has the zest. Listen to this. The people I mentioned, they were the best. The guy at 96 was the best in chess. The guy the other year, 1997, Lisa Dorf, was the best at goal. And as good and as skillful as they were, with skill, with determination, with everything, the computer was, oh boy, the computer was programmed in such a way that it will always defeat them. Actually, according to the articles that I read, it's programmed in such a way that no matter how good they play, their very last move will still end in defeat. Now, I am not speaking about a game of chess here. I'm speaking about the game of life. And let me tell you, many of us sitting in this room, we don't even need any superior artificial intelligence, all right, to make stupid and foolish decisions. We make them on a daily basis. You understand? We make, we make silly decisions on a daily basis. You know, in fact, some of us seem to make, you know, you'll be amazed at how many silly decisions we make on a daily basis. The only hope right now is that you found yourself in Christ. Because whilst this lady has made up her mind that she's going to beat me, no matter what she does, she ends up as a failure in this game. In life, what happened at redemption is that an exchange took place. His life for my life, he is the one that owns me now, 
And there is a responsibility that he has to me to ensure that no matter how much wreck I make of myself, there's going to be one more move that he's going to make to get me to the beginning of my new self. One more move. One more move. Hey, church. One more move. Say there is hope. Hey, church. Say there is hope. Hey, church. Say there is hope. Let me explain how powerful what I just said is. You're limited in scope. You're limited in idea. You're limited even, in fact, some of our limitations is even in our personal decision to be stubborn. <laughs> and God saw all of that and still said, I want. Sit down, darling. I want. And God doesn't just want. He makes something out of what he wants. And no, God doesn't sponsor flops. God doesn't make failures. He doesn't produce people. Do you understand what I'm saying? Oh, your life got safe the day you came into Christ. So, you have heard about artificial intelligence. But now I'm telling you there's something superior to artificial intelligence. It is infinite intelligence. It is God's infinite intelligence. And it, it is that program that is running the show of your life. Can we say amen? Say this with me. I can't wreck my life. Oh, yeah, 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 some of you are not. Some of you don't even believe. Let me tell you. Some of you believe more in your power to destroy. And that's the problem. You trust yourself not to destroy your life. And you trust yourself enough that you can destroy your life. But when we tell you to trust in the infinite God, you're like, what's that? I got this. You got what? You got nothing. How do you say amen? amen? So say this with me. God has prepared, God has prepared some beautiful things for my life. Say it again. God has prepared, God has prepared some glorious things for my life. So now let's talk about the preparation itself. I try to help you to understand what happens with the human mind, and as advanced as it is, still doesn't hold what God has prepared. So it means that I can't look. Look, look at me. Let me tell you how a lot of people are living their lives. Look at this. A lot of people are living their lives outside in. In other words, if it's true on the outside, then it has to be true on the inside for me. Wrong. We were designed to live our lives from the inside out. In other words, what becomes true on the inside for you will be true on the outside. It's only a matter of time. God designed for you to live from the inside out. Not from the outside in. So if it's true in the environment... Then it has to be true for me. If it's true in the culture, then it has to be true for me. No. God has prepared certain things for you. And I want to talk about that preparation here. 
So if God has prepared certain things for you, your mind should quickly... I'm trying to use the things in your environment to teach you this morning. Your mind should quickly go to how fine, fine dining is set. How many of you have ever been in a proper restaurant? Let me see your hands up. Proper, just proper. Let me explain how this works, okay? It doesn't even matter if you haven't. It is the precision with which everything is set. Have you seen those things that they put on Twitter sometimes that they would say, um, they put a strawberry, some leaf, some stuff, and then they'll put some, you know, these, these chefs are just crazy. They'll just put some stuff, and then they'll tell you it's a hundred thousand. Recently, Twitter went on fire. Because a chef created a meal somewhere in Abuja, a dining thing, and everybody paid a thousand dollars. Brothers and sisters, if you pay a thousand dollars anywhere in the world, it is big money. And then <laughs> we saw what they were putting in their plates. Oh boy. Oh no, don't tell me. Oh no. Oh, don't tell me I paid a thousand dollars for that. Brothers and sisters, my sleeves will go up. You will have to refund me my money. I give you a thousand dollars for this. <laughs> Why were they angry? What was their anger? No. The preparation you put into this presentation is not commensurate with what we paid. Oh, boy. But the preparation that God puts into the design of your life is commensurate with the price that Jesus paid on the cross for you. It's commensurate. It tallies. Actually, what Jesus did was actually an overpayment. So God has prepared a table for you, for your life. You cannot go into the future without this understanding. People will kick you off. People will try to knock you out of that which belongs to you. God has prepared something. That is commensurate with the price that Jesus paid on the cross. It is what God has prepared for those who love Him. And no, no, don't think about your love for Him. Your love for Him is a response because of His love for you. So what has God prepared for those who love Him? What has He prepared? You, you see those chefs when they are putting their stuff together. They are so passionate about what they are doing. They are passionate about it. They choose everything, the ingredients, and everything that they are going to use to produce this food. They select it themselves. They are very passionate about it. And if you ever sit with a chef, they will explain to you how they arrived at everything. How they arrived at the meal, how the sauce, the, the tender lamb, this, 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 this. They will, they will explain to you everything. They will explain everything, how they got to this, and how it is like this. Alright, they don't leave anything to chance. They select the ingredients themselves. Chefs are not cooks. Cooks use whatever you give them. Some of you are cooks. 
<laughs> what's in the house? What's in the house? What's in the house? What's in the house? Food is ready. What did you make? Concussion rice. Food is ready. What do you put inside? I just added it over there. I just added it there. Ah, that oil. They used it since two weeks ago. But it's still good. We put it. <laughs> and then they tell you, it's the best rice ever. Concussion rice. <laughs> just like when, when, when you go out to go and buy a car, they tell you, Tokumbo is better than brand new. Brainwashed you. Who, who bewitched you? The devil is a liar. Tokumbo is better than. You need to hear how people are hyping their, 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 their rush, you know, rush, rush meal. You know, they're, they're hyping it. I, I, I know, I know. You know, and then, and then, and then people talk about the fact that, you know, uh, do you know what I made out of this meal? Ah, no, no, no. Ah, no, no. I can make something out of nothing. Shut up. God, when you came into Christ, God decided to handpick the ingredients by Himself. I'm using things that you can relate with. He has handpicked the ingredients that He's going to use to cook for your life. And those ingredients, He's not a cook, He's a chef. So He's intentional about it. He doesn't go outside the boundaries of it. And at the forefront of that which God uses to cook for your life is grace. And at the forefront of that is Jesus. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So how far have you gone? And how deep is your mistake? And how broken are you? And how frustrated are you about your own life's choices that you've made? God is ahead with one more move. One more move. He always have, has one more move for the one who is in Christ. One more move. When you come to the end of your old self, that is a failure. You will get to the beginning of God's own self, that is a success. And that God's self is gracious and kind towards you. The ingredient that God uses to cook your meal is God's grace. Brothers, God will never use ingredients that make him look like a cook. He's a chef. And the final product of the food always depends on the intentionality of, or the quality of the ingredients. So God is not going to use just any ingredients to cook. He's going to use his own hand picked, trusted and God trusts His grace. God trusts His love. God trusts His mercy. He knows that under that influence, if you eat out of that diet, you turn out well. Listen, I don't care what you look like right now. I don't care what you're thinking right now. But if you keep feeding out of God's amazing grace, <laughs> you turn out well. Can we say amen? amen? Oh, church, lift up your hands and say, Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Say it again. Say, Lord, I thank you. Say it one more time. Say, Lord, I thank you. So, where does the Holy Spirit come in now? The Holy Spirit comes in 
as the one who shows you what God is cooking. How many of you get, get into a house? Hey, church, how many of you are certified foodies here? Let your hands up. Ah, uh-uh, ah, one person. Why? Some, the rest of you, I can see it on your face. It's written all over you. <laughs> Why are you lying? You're in the temple. <laughs> if you want to know real Nigeria. You know, I've, I've always wondered why you would go to someone's wedding and insist that you must eat. Forgive me, I'm not from here. But I just, I just, I just wonder. I thought the idea, I thought the idea was that I come and celebrate with you. So, what am I fighting them for food? <laughs> that's, that's to tell you the culture, how foody we are. And look, I'm, I'm, telling, I'm not trying to put myself above everybody, but my three sisters and my brother, I didn't eat at anyone's wedding. So, I don't expect to eat at yours. Yeah, brothers and sisters, I just talked about myself. I didn't talk about you. See how the other we are most eat. Like, was it your decision? Sorry? Oh, at your wedding. <laughs> That's going to be difficult. That's going to be difficult. But let's come back to what we're teaching. Alright? Can we come back to what we're teaching? Okay, so, here's what I'm saying now. That when you sit at the table feeding from what God has prepared, it's always amazing because it's grace. How many of you get into a room and smell what is cooking? Like I want it. And some of you are getting ready to get, when you get pregnant, to tell your husband to go and bring food from your neighbor's house at 2 o'clock. In the name of Jesus, you will not be that kind of wife. <laughs> In the name see, well, well, brothers and sisters, well, if you send me on that errand, I will pretend as if, as if, no, I will pretend like I did not hear you. No, I'm just telling you, but when the time comes. <laughs> but from the aroma, you can, you can almost tell. How many of you have been disappointed that you smelled something different? <laughs> and it tasted different. Well, that's why I'm asking you to drop that experience behind. And come with me into God's mind. How that God cooks. And the aroma of the food is exactly as pleasant and what, as what you can smell. And it's actually the aroma of His grace that He uses to invite you. Come, 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 come eat. Come eat. Come eat. Forget your past despair. Hindsight can be 2020, but God's foresight is grace. How God leads you into the future is based on His amazing grace. And let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is the connoisseur. You understand? You know the wine taster. Oh boy, I, I love it. You know the wine taster. You know, hey, come with me, connoisseur. You know, you know what I'm saying? 
You know, this is this is effective. You know, just amazing. You know, you know, and then they give you the wine to taste, and you know, the Holy Spirit is the connoisseur of God's amazing grace. Brothers and sisters, He's the one taking you and showing you how it tastes like to live in God's mind. How it tastes like to live in God's mind. What it feels like to be under God's grace. You can't wreck your life. Ah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Don't worry. I'm, te- I'm talking against many backdrops of religion. But it's okay. You'll get it tomorrow. You'll get it tomorrow when you wake up and you're thanking God that you couldn't wreck your life. Because you know that there were decisions that you made. Alright? That, that could have brought you to the end of yourself. But just when he brought you to the end of yourself, that's when grace began. Lift up your hands and say, Lord, I thank you. I can't wreck my life. Well, I don't know about you. I don't know about you. I am too infinite. I'm too small to wreck my life. (laughs) And guess what? It could have happened before I came into Christ, but it's too late. Now that I'm in Christ, He has one more move of grace. He always has one more move of grace. He always has one more move of grace. You, you think I'm a failure? God says, I have one more move. Can you smell what God has cooked? <laughs> so let me tell you, let, let's, let's just go into this. And then we'll soon, we'll soon close. It says, the things that God has prepared for those who love them. Look at verse 10, please. It says, these things God has revealed to us by His Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows the thoughts, who knows the person's thoughts except their own spirits within them. In the same way, No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So you see why it is so dangerous for you to believe that the Holy Spirit is the police of heaven. The the, the, the Holy Spirit is the gate man of heaven. He's the one with a koboko to flog you every time you fail. That's your conscience. That's not the Holy Spirit. See, let me tell you. Oh boy. Take note of this and run with it. The Holy Spirit plays such an important role in unveiling the mind of Christ or the mind of God that it is dangerous to misunderstand Him. The role the Holy Spirit plays is so important that if you misrepresent Him, you're finished. If you believe the wrong things about him, too bad. Because the role he's he's playing is so important. Tall guide, helping you, leading you, the manifestor of God's presence. The one who helps you to understand everything Jesus has said. Are you misunderstanding? How? How will your life turn out then? May you say this with me, I have the mind of Christ. So what does the Holy Spirit do 
This thing that has not entered into the human mind has been made available to you or is made available to you by the Spirit. But understand what I just said. The Spirit makes available to you the things God has prepared. Question. Are you living like God has prepared something? Number two, what has God prepared? So if you go a whole week, no joy. Do you really know that there are things prepared? Prepared? <laughs> like with the intentionality that God prepares things, you don't know. You're sad, you're moody, God has prepared. You're angry, you're, you're jealous, you're bitter, God has prepared. I don't think you know. It is possible that people are living their lives with the consciousness of what is in their environment. I mean, I don't live in your house. But I can just imagine what, what governs your mood. When there's no money in your pockets, I must be a failure. You know, there's no food on the table. Life must be difficult. Okay, but, but Benita, right now, what has God prepared for you? Leave that thing. <laughs> And you told me what, what God has prepared for me. I'm telling you, I have not been able to pay my rent. If God can get you to rejoice on the things that He has prepared for you, alright? Your future is assured. Hello? If God can get you rejoicing because of the things He has prepared for you, your future is assured. Many people will die of despair not knowing the things God has prepared for them. And just at the end, didn't they just say that it gets darker until it gets bright? Just at the edge of the new experience they would give up. It is what God has prepared for you that must become your reality. And we say Amen. Say this with me, I have the mind of Christ. Hey church, I want you to shout out loud. Say, I have the mind of Christ. I want you to say it again. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Say, I have the deep mind of Christ. Oh, say it again. Say, I have the mind of Christ. Can you rejoice on that? Glory to God. So God leads you into your future through your diet. Now listen, what I'm saying is so important. Hindsight 2020, right? You know everything that has happened in your past. And many times, those things have hindered what you should be believing. In fact, because of those things sometimes, people are feeding from condemnation instead of feeding from grace. So you fell yesterday. And then now your companion is beating yourself, condemning yourself, hitting yourself, judging yourself, you know, and all of that. Well, I can tell how your future is going to look if you continue like that. But God goes ahead of you. I want to show you something. In the book of Genesis...
Genesis chapter number 2. Let's look at verse 9. Let's start from verse 8. Genesis 2 from verse 8. Now, the Lord God had planted a garden in the east, in Eden. And there he put the man he had formed. And the Lord God made, look at this, all kinds of trees to grow out of the ground. Trees that were pleasant to the eye and good for food. And in the middle of the garden was what? Hey church, talk together with me. Was what? And what? So how many trees were in the middle of the garden? Two trees. One, the tree of life. What do you think will happen if you eat of the tree of life? Hey church, talk to me. Let's, let's teach together. What will happen if you eat from the tree of life? You have life, right? Okay. So what do you think would happen if you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Scripture shows us. Their eyes were open. They found out that they were naked. So God now says, look at this, look at this. Because you get this in a moment, speaking about diets. So God now says, of all the trees in the garden, all the trees, does he include the the tree of life? He says, you are free to eat. But of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Of all the trees, some of you don't realize it. Look, let me tell you, look at me, church. What you have made of the Garden of Eden story is not what it is. And what Sunday school has taught you about the Garden of Eden story is not what it is. It's not about any apple Adam ate. God was already pointing to something. <laughs> about our diets and about what we should be eating. He said, of all the trees in the garden, you are free to eat. And the last time I checked, the tree of life was there. So, if they went to eat from the tree of life, you know what would have happened? Right from that point, they would have had life. It was not about, you see, some of you, Adam disobeyed, and it was Adam's disobedience that brought us to this point. No! That was not the point! Actually, can I tell you, historians tell you that Genesis was not the first book to be written. Hello? Church, answer now. You hear me? Who was it? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Genesis was not the first book to be written. So, the tree of life was in the garden. God was already pointing the church to something very important. Go for the tree of life. What did they do? They didn't eat out of the tree of life that they could have eaten. Now, see the point. When they now finally ate out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if you check the end of Genesis 2, the Bible says God put them out, lest they stretch for their hands, because the tree of life was still available. Lest they stretch for their hands and eat out of the tree of life in these states. So 
So, brothers and sisters, it's not about um, Adam disobeyed. He was disobedient. He ate apple. And then they now oh got Nigerians. Ah, they now brought it that that's what killed a bacha. Ah, ah. Sometimes he just laughed. No, what, what manner of people are these? They gave him apple. The same apple that killed Adam. So, he, no, no, no. It was, there, there was no apple involved. None. He was first what to eat. You think that it was about the fall of Adam. No. God was pointing you. That as you journey into this future, partner with the Holy Ghost. Let him show you what to eat. Now let me tell you the graciousness of God. This is the grace that will blow your mind. The graciousness of God is in not hiding what they could eat. Oh boy, you see. Many of you know a God who holds back. Who doesn't like to tell. Who holds it to his chest. Chase me, son. Chase me, daughter. If you chase me more in Bible study and in prayer, then I will show you. And then when he wants to show you, he will show you small. Then you come again for another two weeks, another three weeks. Then you show you small. Then you come again just to pull you. He's pulling you. And then the pastor will come and say, He's pulling you. He'll show you just a little, just to pull you. What is wrong with you? They like it. Energy. He's pulling you. Adam, brothers and sisters, Adam has not done anything. He just showed up. He has not impressed. He has not taken Mike to lead worship. He has not given tithes. He has not paid offering. He has not done anything. God comes himself to come and start to tell him, this is what I want you to do. Of all the trees that are in the garden, you are free to eat. But of the tree, of the knowledge of good and evil, you should not eat. He says, for the day you eat, you shall surely die. Don't think about that because at the end of the day, did Adam die? Did he die? No, so you say, the day you eat, you shall surely die. Adam, eh, he died. No, he didn't die. But guess what? Death in scripture is separation from the life of God. So he became separate from the life of God. He couldn't participate in the life of God. Those depths he could go, he couldn't participate anymore. Adam single-handedly, in the garden, in the presence of God, telling you that it was the life of God that was at work. He named all the animals. He didn't name anyone twice. Listen. You wonder, did Adam go into the sea to go and name all those numerals? How many of you watch National Draw? Did he go into the sea to go and name them? There were pictures that God was placing in his spirit. That one too is dead. He named it. That one too is dead. It was the very life. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. The very life of God. The very life of God that doesn't need to move to name. That's the same life of God that was in Adam. He didn't need to move to name. And the Bible says, everything that he named it was what it was still today. So he was separated from the life of God because of the diet he ate. Ate from the wrong tree. That is picture of the believer's life today. It was seem as though the life of God that is at work in you, you are separated from if you keep feeding wrong. Feeding from the wrong tree. So there was a tree of life. Eat out of it. 
He went and ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And the moment he ate out of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I want to show you something. Quickly. Go to Genesis 3.1. Quick, 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 quick. This is very too important for me to forget. Genesis 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Did God really say, You must not eat from the, any tree? Any. That's not what God said. That's not what God said. God said, Of all the trees, you can eat except one. The devil came and said, Did he say, you shouldn't eat from any habar. Satan, you are wicked. And that's how he keeps circumventing. That's how he keeps misrepresenting the grace of God. Look, sweetheart, all and any. Do they sound alike? You are free to eat from all. Is that not gracious? Did God say you shouldn't eat from any? Is that not wicked? Satan always tries to paint a God to you. That is withholding something from you. Waiting for you to do something. So that you can get something. Let's continue. I'll me down. And the woman said. We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden. But God did say. You must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden. And you must not touch it, lest you die. Look at verse 4. Let's read it all together. I want to go. Continue. Wow. So what was... Look at me, church, please. What was the enemy now painting? That if you eat out of it, number one, God is withholding something from you. If you eat out of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God. Oh, wait, but I'm already like God. Wait, but I'm already like God. Wait, but I'm already like God. Why are you trying to sell me something to do to be like God? When I am already like God. It's like Satan. And some, some, of you, some of you think to yourself that, ah, but that's a great noble goal. The whole church is wanting to be more like Christ. Oh Lord, make me more like you. Make me more like you. It's pious. It's holy. It sounds flawless. Lord, I want to be more like you. But it's stupid. Yeah. Stupid. You can't be asking to be more like something you already are. In its completeness. In its fullness. All you need to do is know exactly how much more you are. I don't even understand what I'm saying. The Holy Spirit cannot take you on that journey. Lord, make me more like you. He says, shut up, shut up, shut up. You're already like Him. In fact, all of heaven is not understanding what you're saying right now. You're confusing us. You're confusing us. I made you like me in Christ. Look, it's not even his immediate likeness. Now, look, you are in Christ. Okay? You could never be more like God. Oh, oh, see, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Sweetheart, 
There is no more debt of God that is left that you have not become in Christ. Do you understand something? Every time Paul wanted to talk to the church, he said, but now Christ has been made unto you wisdom. He didn't say, fast more, you'll get wisdom. He said, Christ has been made unto you now wisdom. In other words, stand up, take your wisdom and use it. In fact, what he's saying is, act like you have wisdom. Because you already do. Act like you have power. Because you already do. Talk like that. Talk like that. This weak talk that you're always talking. Trying to get people to help you. Have you not realized that people... No, boy. Have you not realized that they, they don't give any award for weak talk? I guess what I'm saying. Last time I checked, they will avoid you. Ah, now this one, now, if you call him. Ah, start to talk about all the problems. Now he has. One time my cousin called me from the U.S. I wanted to talk to After talking to my dad. said, how are you okay? I said, I'm blessed. She said, what? God is my witness. God is my witness. Not one word is a lie. She said, what? What did you say? I said, I said, I'm blessed. She said, you are the first person. God is my witness. You're the first person that I'm hearing say something like that. Living in Nigeria. I said, no, we are many. She now said, because everyone that I call, immediately I say, how are you? They'll say, oh, fuck, I know. He's a He's a He's a He's a See us here. No, I said, I'm blessed. You know why? Because the last time I checked, I am blessed. And the last time I checked, I am still blessed. But there's something else to say. The last time I checked, I had a cousin who waited for abroad until nothing happened. And now he's in, he's in some place somewhere, waited for abroad. And when my uncle came back from the U.S., he didn't come back as a human being. He came back dead. And all of those hopes and all of those dreams of I have my uncle abroad who is going to come and take me. I remember as a 14-year-old us going to Bode Thomas to work his papers because he was waiting. Go to school? No. Do computer science? No. Daddy was willing to pay? No. My uncle is coming to take me abroad. And then the uncle came back as a corpse. My hope is not in abroad. My hope is not in an uncle. My hope is in the finished work of Jesus. Do you understand what I'm saying? You wait that long, and then at the end of the day, hope is deferred. But the devil is a liar. (laughs) I feed from the right tree. So he fed like that, and then his eyes were open, and he found out that he was naked. Look at Grace. Grace says, leave that fig tree that you have used to cover yourself. It tells me, everybody look at me, soon be done. It tells me the tree that he actually fed from. Because if I eat and I realize that I'm naked, I can't run out of the nakedness. Naked, nakedness incapacitates you. Somebody has to throw something at you immediately. So what makes sense is that I cut out of what I was under. To try to cover myself. In other words, what Satan was painting to Adam 
was to sell a product to him that would help him to be like God. Meanwhile, every time God came, God came to have relationship with one who was already like him. And even after he fell and became naked, God says, let me show you how you become like me again. Lamb has to be shed, has to be slain. The blood has to be spilled. And I will take that blood and cover your nakedness. That's how you and I are going to have fellowship. So, Lord, I want to be like you. Lord, my hope is to be like you. Lord, I want to be like you. I want to grow up to be like you. And the whole church will think that that impresses God. No, it doesn't. But the moment you start talking, Lord, you've made me like you. I'm already like you. I'm created like you. In Christ Jesus, you've made me like you. I have the same ability that you have. I have the same potentials that you have. I'm just like you. And the rest of the people who don't, who don't know what you're talking about, they are, they are braggadocious. Well, I'd rather make my boast in the Lord. So what was God, hello church, what was God pointing at in the Genesis story? It was the feeding conversation. The whole church is trying to be like something. Instead of the church to be feeding on the fact that they are already that stuff. And you think it pleases God. No, it doesn't please God. It shows how ignorant you are. Eat from the tree of life. Hello, church. The right tree will produce the right fruits. Now, can I, can I close on this note? Church, do you know that it tells me all of what Scripture is about? Genesis opens with the tree of life. When you get home, go and check. Revelation closes with the tree of life. And Jesus said, I am the tree of life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. You know what Jesus was doing? All the while he was cursing other fig trees because you need to don't eat from the fig. I curse you. No man will eat from you. It wasn't about cursing the fig. It was about pointing to what you shouldn't eat from as a believer. No man will eat from you. In other words, no man will try to be justified by their works. Every man will come to the tree of life. When Jesus wanted to address us, he said, I am divine. You are the branches. Tell me what work the branch does to grow. Tell me what work the branch does to be fed. Tell me what work the, the branch of the vine does to stay, to stay in nutrients. When God wanted to talk about you, He didn't describe you as a fig tree. He described you as an olive tree. The vine. So that, oh, look at this. Look at how life flows. I agree that I'm joined together with you. What is in you is in me. Period. Period. Brothers and sisters, I have noticed that no matter what came my way in this journey, as I believed right, I have overcome. If it was a health challenge, scary ones, I have overcome. I hear what I'm saying? And it seems to me 
that the, the more I believe in God's amazing, let me tell you something that I believe. And I, I, I'll close on this note. And you can quote me anywhere. I believe very strongly that I may not know what my mom died of cancer. I may not know the intricacies of what she believed in her heart. I know she was a Christian. Okay? I was sure about her salvation. But I may not know what was going on in her mind. But I think that we as believers should just do the job of continuing to feed on Jesus. Just keep feeding on Jesus. I want to dare announce over this house and over everyone here that you will not come to the day where the doctors will notice cancer in your body. I'm saved by feeding. Saved by feeding. I don't think I'm feeding on anything. I'm feeding on Jesus and His finished work. The day will not come that they will put something and say, I saw a tumor. Oh boy, you're not hearing me. And, and it's, it's beyond an amen, an amen thing. It's actually a reality to believe. And you hear what I'm saying? That day will not come. That, oh God. that day is not going to come. Hello church. I sense in my heart. I sense in my heart. That there are some of you here. That have been having health fears. That someday something is going. God is breaking you loose right now. God is breaking you loose right now. That day is not going to come. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Now somebody will put something somewhere and they say, I see a growth. That day is not going to come. <laughs> Except Jesus is a lie. Dr. Kenneth Higgins. And so, can I close on this note, church? Can I close on this note? Stop eating from the wrong tree. Some of you have made excuses for the wrong things coming into your life. I heard Kenneth Hagin said all through his life, and God bears us witness, he never had a headache. The president of Rema, Nigeria, Adetokumbo, Reverend Adetokumbo, has said the same thing. Never a headache. No, it's not a fake talk. And um, um, Hagen Jr., same thing. Not a headache. Then you, the idea that is normal, it happens. If you stress like this, and stress like this, and stress like this, which day will you not move your body? No, tell me, church. Which day will you not move? If you move too much, they say you need to rest. If you rest too much, they'll say you need to move. Isn't it amazing, the discrepancy of, of medicine? They say rest, rest. But there's a way you will rest so much, it'll produce problem. They say move, move, move. But there's a way you move too much, you have to rest. Stop making excuses. I eat from the tree of life. I'm announcing over you. I'm announcing over you. In the name of Jesus. Some of you might be saying, ha, 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 ha. Listen. In the name of Jesus, there will not be a day that will come 
that they will see a disease in your body. Say this with me, I feed from the tree of life. Hello church, say this again, I feed from the tree of life. Say it one more time, say I feed from the tree of life. God is gracious and kind. You expect to get to 40 and then they'll tell you that there is fiber. It's not allowed. Say amen. amen. Now I'm ministering to you. I'm not just teaching anymore. I'm ministering to you. It's not allowed. And peradventure, there'll be something foreign in your body. It shrinks today. Amen. Dies and disappears today. Amen. Say this with me. I feed from the tree of life. Say it again. Say it one more time. Say I feed from the tree of life. Look up at me, everybody. I challenge you. I challenge you. Show me one day that Jesus was sick. I challenge you. I really do. And he says, I am the vine. You are the branches. Show me one sick strand in his body. Say this with me, I feed from the tree of life. Not a migraine, not a growth. Nothing. In the name of Jesus. Hey church, how many of you believe that? Rise to your feet, everybody. Thank you for engaging the songs in this episode. The trust that your life has been beautified. If you'd like to share what Jesus is doing in your life through this ministry, please write to us at hello.blueprintstories.org. You can visit our website at www.blueprintstories.org. You can also follow us on Facebook at The Blueprint Church and on Instagram at The Blueprint Church. Share.